Okay, this is Vagoria headline. Worst gets, no, Trump gets worst possible news in DC trial. Nah, nah. Active training nah, nah. allows for a quicker options training experience. What a burn. Thanks for 247. It'll be up to Judge Chutkin. When I say Trump got nightmare news today, I yeah. absolutely mean it. Here's why. Welcome. Judge Shutkin has scheduled the start of Trump's Washington, D.C. trial for March 4th, 2024, which means if the trial lasts four to six weeks, as expected, and Donald Trump is convicted, then he could quite literally be in federal prison before the 2024 yeah. election. I'm going to repeat that so it's clear. Barring any unforeseen Don't delays with his trial, with it'll be finished time. before the 2024 election, meaning that if Trump is convicted, he may very well find himself in federal prison by the nah. time the 2024 election rolls around. What now, a few burn. points to note here. If Trump is convicted by a jury, it'll be up to Judge Chutkin's discretion as to whether he's sentenced to prison, prison time, or if she'll opt for a more lenient or creative Can't sentence, wait. like home detention with the ability to go campaign, for example. And not to put the cart before the horse here, but the notion that he would deserve anything but prison time for the crimes that he's committed would be absurd. And I feel like Judge Chutkin would recognize that, but of course this is all unprecedented, so there are different ways that this could play itself out. If Trump is convicted, he will undoubtedly appeal, but appeals can take years, which nah. certainly wouldn't help in time for the November Can 2024 election. Prison. But again, uh -huh. the caveat is that this is all unprecedented and the judges could use their discretion to grant him special treatment. But again, given the crimes he's committed and the fact that the whole point of the court system is to hold criminals accountable, <laughs> I don't foresee judges undermining the very judicial process that they oversee. I would also note that this decision by Judge Shutkin isn't exactly God surprising. It's only two months later than Jack Smith had requested and two years earlier than the Trump team had requested. But remember, <laughs> she was very clear in the courtroom that her decision on when to hold this trial would absolutely be impacted by Trump's behavior. She said, quote, the fact that he's running a political campaign has yet to yield the orderly administration of justice. If that means he can't say exactly what he wants to say about witnesses in this case, that's how it has to be. Even arguably ambiguous statements from parties or their counsel, if they can be reasonably interpreted to intimidate witnesses or to prejudice potential jurors, can threaten the process. The more a party makes inflammatory statements about this case, which could taint the jury pool, the greater the urgency will be that we proceed to trial quickly. And so what did Trump do? Everything Judge Shutkin told him not to do. He lashed out at witnesses and prosecutors and judges and the city of Washington, D.C. itself. Uh -huh. An obvious effort to be able to then claim that he can't get a fair trial in D.C. given how hostile his relationship with the city was, even though he was the one making it hostile. So I wouldn't exactly say I was surprised to find out that Jack Smith was only eight weeks off from the trial date he was seeking, while Donald Trump was undercut by about two years. And that's a point I discussed during this week's interview with Jen Psaki. Normally, when you tell people, if, if his name was John Smith, first of all, he'd probably be in jail, right? That's what legal experts say, probably, because he's definitely. already violated these things. But if he does tamper with witnesses, if he does pressure them, if he threatens them with judges, what are the consequences? We know he's going to. I wish that wasn't the case, but we know he's going to. What are the consequences? You know, yeah. Connie Willis seems like she has got no more, you know, what to give for um, or tolerance for their efforts to delay, manipulate, pressure her. So maybe. Um, I don't know. Um, but but I, the consequences and what the consequences are to me is the big question. What do you think? I, I think what they could do, I think what we're most likely to see, I mean, look, as much as as much as I think he deserves and know he deserves some type of pretrial detention. And to your point, if it was anybody else but him, they would be in a jail cell right now waiting until they're trying. Oh, man.
waiting until their trial date. I think one of the tools that they that one of these judges, Judge Shutkin in D.C., for example, could deploy is, you know, right now she's contending with the question of whether this trial should be on January 2nd, 2024 or yes. April of 2026. And yeah. meanwhile, she... But she laid down the marker of what these conditions of his preach pre- uh, of of what his release should be, and Trista. And he keeps breaking them. He keeps breaking the law. He keeps tampering with witnesses, obstructing justice. I think she's going to be way more inclined to have this trial sooner, which is the last thing this guy wants. And 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 she said that. I mean, she said, like, it will make her inclined. Yeah. She, she told him she told him the whole the ground rules here and yet he yeah. still can't control himself long enough yeah. to help himself and and give himself uh, a chance to have this trial later and so instead I, I think that is going to be the main tool that that we're going to see deployed um, and I think we will see an early 2024 trial in the DC case so again the guy's a piece of um, work you know devil's work and and uh, who can't follow directions he will answer to nobody no one no one can tell him what to do he's a little fucking three-year-old child that's what he is. We shouldn't be surprised because Trump got the warning in advance. He agreed to the terms. The fact that he chose to defy the judge's conditions is not a commentary on the judge or her partisan lean. It's a commentary on Donald Trump and his inability to follow the very rules that he agreed to. So it should come as no surprise then that Trump also lashed out given today's decision. He took the true social writing, deranged Jack Smith and his team of thugs who were caught going to the White House just prior to indicting the 45th president of the United States, an absolute no-no, have been working on this witch hunt for almost three years, but decided to bring it smack in the middle of crooked Joe Biden's political opponent's campaign against him. Political interference. Today, a biased, Trump-hating judge gave me only a two-month extension, just what our corrupt government wanted. Super Tuesday, I will appeal. Yeah, weird how the guy who was told not to jeopardize the integrity of the trial or he'd risk an earlier trial date ultimately ended up with an earlier trial date. And by the way, I get that Trump wants to frame this as being politicized because the trial is happening in the middle of his campaign, but it is not the prosecutor's fault that Donald Trump is being tried for crimes that he committed. If Trump didn't want to stand trial during his campaign, a good rule of thumb would be not to commit crimes preceding his campaign. This really isn't rocket science. Trump wants to be the victim here, but no one else is responsible for Donald Trump's actions other than Donald Trump. He also says, I will appeal. To who? The judge is in charge of this trial. It's not like he can ask Clarence Thomas to change the trial date. The decision has been made. Again, I'm certain thanks in part to Trump's own behavior, and that's it. That's why it may not be the brightest idea in the world for Trump to keep attacking everyone, but clearly, given this very post, he has no interest in learning any lessons. What do they say about the definition of insanity? And finally, it's true that the trial will begin one day before Super Tuesday, which is the day when the most presidential primaries happen at once. Is it unfortunate for Trump that his prosecution for his efforts to seal the 2020 election will be the biggest news story in America 24 hours in advance of the most voters heading to the polls? Yes. But again, that might have been something he should have thought about before he committed those crimes. Prosecutors are not going to defer to Trump's election schedule. I don't know how many different ways I can say this. If you want an open campaign schedule, do not commit crimes, and you won't have to worry about the schedule being filled up with court proceedings. And when I say filled up, I mean it, because Trump is about to have a very, very busy first half of 2024. 
Remember, the Manhattan DA case regarding Trump's hush money payoffs to Stormy Daniels has been scheduled for March 25th, 2024, meaning these two trials would overlap. We'll certainly see some movement in one of these trials, so it won't be an issue, but we don't know yet what that movement will look like. And then the classified documents case in Florida is set for May 20th, 2024. And of course, we don't have a trial date for Trump in the Fulton County case yet, but at least one defendant in that case, Kenneth Cheesebro, will be going to trial on October 23rd, 2023, which means the Georgia trials are beginning in earnest in only eight weeks, which may very well mean that Trump could also stand trial soon, since his co-defendants are proving out the theory that it's absolutely possible to get these trials going sooner than Trump would have liked. And this October will also be the civil fraud lawsuit brought by the New York AG's office. And then in January 2024, he'll have a second defamation lawsuit brought by E.G. and Carroll, as well as a class action lawsuit accusing Trump and his company of promoting a pyramid scheme. And as long as he remembers to bring his little punch card, I'm pretty sure that's enough for a free sandwich. So obviously things can change quickly, but as far as the D.C. trial being scheduled for March of 2024 is concerned, it doesn't get much worse for Trump if his goal is to delay this thing until after the election. Because now, not only will he not be able to take advantage of that delay so he can rely on using the presidency to evade accountability for himself, but now it's the opposite. The fact that he's almost certain to be a convicted felon before the election will absolutely influence how voters perceive him and make it even harder for him to win the election. So yeah. Almost like committing all these crimes was never a great long-term play if your goal was to stay in power. Before you go, I need some help. Please subscribe to the. Keep him, everybody. Keep in mind, he ain't gonna get on the fucking ballot. Bank on it, fucker. He's not gonna get on the fucking ballot. Christopher Price, Trump for prison. Channel and do your part I'm gonna. When I say Trump got nightmare news today, I absolutely mean it. Here's why. Judge Shutkin has scheduled the start of Trump's Washington, D.C. trial for March 4th, 2024, which means if the trial lasts four to six weeks, as expected, and Donald Trump is convicted, then he could quite literally be in federal prison before the 2024 election. I'm going to repeat that so it's clear. Barring any unforeseen delays with this trial, it'll be finished before the 2024 election, meaning that if Trump is convicted, he may very well find himself in federal prison by the time the 2024 election rolls around. Now, a few points to note here. If Trump is convicted, by a jury, it'll be up to Judge Chutkin's discretion as to whether he's sentenced Sucker to prison time or loser. shall opt for a more lenient or creative sentence, like home detention with the ability to go campaign, for example. And not to put the cart before the horse here, but the notion that he would deserve anything but prison time for the crimes that he's committed would be absurd. And I feel like Judge Chutkin would recognize that, but of course this is all unprecedented, so there are different ways that this could play itself out. Mm, if Trump is convicted, he will undoubtedly appeal, but appeals can take years, which certainly wouldn't help him in time for the November 2024 election. But again, the caveat is that this is all unprecedented, and the judges could use their discretion to grant him special treatment. But again, given the crimes he's committed and the fact that the whole point of the court system is to hold criminals accountable, I don't foresee judges undermining the very judicial process that they oversee. I would also note that this decision by Judge Shutkin isn't exactly surprising. It's only two months later than Jack Smith had requested, and two years earlier than the Trump team had requested. But remember, 
She was very clear in the courtroom that her decision on when to hold this trial would absolutely be impacted by Trump's behavior. She said, quote, the fact that he's running a political campaign has yet to yield the orderly administration of justice. If that means he can't say exactly what he wants to say about witnesses in this case, that's how it has to be. Even arguably ambiguous statements from parties or their counsel, if they can be reasonably interpreted to intimidate witnesses or to prejudice potential jurors, can threaten the process. The more a party makes inflammatory statements about this case, which could taint the jury pool, the greater the urgency will be that we proceed to trial quickly. And so what did Trump do? Everything Judge Shutkin told him not to do. He lashed out at witnesses and prosecutors and judges and the city of Washington, D.C. itself in an obvious effort to be able to then claim that he can't get a fair trial in D.C. given how hostile his relationship with the city was, even though he was the one making it hostile. So I wouldn't exactly say I was surprised to find out that Jack Smith was only eight weeks off from the trial date he was seeking, while Donald Trump was undercut by about two years.
Weird how the guy who was told not to jeopardize the integrity of the trial or he'd risk an earlier trial date yeah. ultimately ended up with an earlier by trial date. By the way, it's unappealable. Way, I get that Trump wants uh -huh. to claim this is being politicized because the trial is happening in the middle of his campaign, but it is not the prosecutor's fault that Donald Trump is being tried for crimes that he committed. If Trump didn't want to stand trial during his campaign, a good rule of thumb would be not to commit crimes preceding his, his campaign. This really isn't rocket science. Trump wants to play the victim here, but no one else is responsible for Donald Trump's actions other than Donald Trump. Yeah. He also says, I will appeal. To who? The judge is in charge of this trial. It's not like he can ask Clarence Thomas to change the trial date. The decision has been made. Again, I'm certain thanks in part to Trump's own behavior, and that's it. That's why it may not be the brightest idea in the world for Trump to keep attacking everyone, but clearly, given this very post, he has no interest in learning any lessons. What do they say about the definition of insanity? And finally, it's true that the trial will begin one day before Super Tuesday, which is the day when the most presidential primaries happen at once. Is it unfortunate for Trump that his prosecution for his efforts to steal the 2020 election well, will be the biggest news story in America 24 oh, hours baby. in advance of the most voters heading to the polls? Talk yes, shit. but again, that might have been something he should have thought about plan. before he committed those crimes. Prosecutors yeah. are not going to defer to Trump's election schedule. I don't know how many different ways I can say this. If you want an open campaign schedule, do not commit crimes, and you won't have to worry about the schedule being filled up with court proceedings. And when I say filled up, I mean it, because Trump is about to have a very, very busy first half of 2024. Remember, the Manhattan DA case regarding Trump's hush money payouts to Stormy Daniels has been scheduled for March 25th, 2024, meaning these two trials would overlap. We'll certainly see some movement in one of these trials, so it won't be an issue, but we don't know yet what that movement will look like. And then the classified documents case in Florida is set for May 20th, 2024, and of course, we don't have a trial date for Trump in the Fulton County case yet, but at least one defendant in that case, Kenneth Cheesebro, will be going to trial on October 23rd, 2023, which means the Georgia trials are beginning in earnest in only eight weeks, which may very well mean that Trump could also stand trial soon, since his co-defendants are proving out the theory that it's absolutely possible to get these trials going sooner than Trump would have liked. And this October will also be the civil fraud lawsuit brought by the New York AG's office. And then in January 2024, he'll have a second defamation lawsuit brought by E. Jean Carroll, as well as a class action lawsuit accusing Trump and his company of promoting a pyramid scheme. And as long as he remembers to bring his little punch card, I'm pretty sure that's enough for a free sandwich. So obviously things can change quickly, but as far as the D.C. trial being scheduled for March of 2024 is concerned, it doesn't get much worse for Trump if his goal is to delay this thing until after the election. Because now, not only will he not be able to take advantage of that delay so he can rely on using the presidency to evade accountability for himself, but now it's the opposite. The fact that he's almost certain to be a convicted felon before the election will absolutely influence how voters perceive him and make it even harder for him to win the election. So yeah, almost like committing all these crimes was never a great long-term play if your goal was to stay in power. <laughs> <laughs> the jury pool, the greater the urgency will be that we proceed to trial quickly. And so what did Trump do? Everything Judge Shutkin told him not to do. He lashed out at witnesses and prosecutors and judges and the city of Washington, D.C. itself in an obvious effort to be able to then claim that he can't get a fair trial in D.C. given how hostile his relationship with the city was, even though he was the one making it hostile. So I wouldn't exactly say I was surprised to find out that Jack Smith was only eight weeks off from the trial date he was seeking, while Donald Trump was undercut by about two years. And it's a point I discussed during this week's interview with Jen Psaki. Normally when you tell people, if, if his name was John Smith, first of all, he'd probably be in jail, right? That's what legal experts say, because he's already violated these things. But if he does tamper with witnesses, if he does pressure them, if he threatens them with judges, 
what are the consequences? We know he's going to. I wish that wasn't the case, but we know he's going to. What are the consequences? Now, Bonnie Willis seems like she has got no more you-know-what to give for um, or tolerance for her, their efforts to delay, manipulate, pressure her. So maybe. Um, I don't know. Uh, but but I, the consequences and what the consequences are to me is a big question. Here's what do you what I think? think I, I think what they could do, I think what we're most likely to see, I mean, look, as much as, as, much as I think he deserves, and know he deserves some type of pretrial detention. And to your point, if it was anybody else but him, they would be in a jail cell right now, waiting until their trial date. I think one of the tools that they, that one of these judges, Judge Hutkin in D.C., for example, could deploy is, you know, right now she's contending with the question of whether this trial should be on January 2nd, 2024, or yes. April of 2026. And yeah. meanwhile, she put, she laid down the marker of what these conditions of his of, of what his release should be. And he keeps breaking them. He keeps breaking the law. He keeps tampering with witnesses, obstructing justice. I think she's going to be way more inclined to have this trial sooner, yeah. which is the last thing this guy wants. And, 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 he, and she said that. I mean, she said, like, it will make her inclined. Yeah. Yeah. She told him. She told him the whole the ground rules here, and yet he yeah. still can't control himself long enough yeah. to help himself and and give himself a chance to have this trial later. And so instead, I, I think that is going to be the main tool that that we're going to see deployed. Um, and I think we will see an early 2024 trial in the DC case. So again, we shouldn't be surprised because Trump got the warning in advance. He agreed to the terms. The fact that he chose to defy the judge's conditions is not a commentary on the judge or her partisan lean. It's a commentary on Donald Trump and his inability to follow the very rules that he agreed to. So it should come as no surprise then that Trump also lashed out given today's decision. He took the truth social, writing, deranged Jack Smith and his team of thugs who were caught going to the White House just prior to indicting the 45th president of the United States, an absolute no-no, have been working on this witch hunt for almost three years, but decided to bring it smack in the middle of crooked Joe Biden's political opponent's campaign against him. Political interference. Today, a biased, Trump-hating judge gave me only a two-month extension, just what our corrupt government wanted. Super Tuesday, I will appeal. Yeah, weird how the guy who was told not to jeopardize the integrity of the trial or he missed an earlier trial date ultimately ended up with an earlier trial date. And by the way, I get that Trump wants to frame this as being politicized because the trial is happening in the middle of his campaign. Somebody commented, probably some dirtbag troll. Pain, but it is not the prosecutor's fault that Donald Trump is being tried for crimes that he committed. If Trump didn't want to stand trial during his campaign, a good rule of thumb would be not to commit crimes preceding his campaign. This really isn't rocket science. Trump wants to play the victim here, but no one else is responsible for Donald Trump's actions other than Donald Trump. He also says, I will appeal. To who? The judge is in charge of this trial. It's not like he can ask Clarence Thomas to change the trial date. The decision has been made. Again, I'm certain thanks in part to Trump's own behavior, and that's it. That's why it may not be the brightest idea in the world for Trump to keep attacking everyone, but clearly, given this very post, he has no interest in learning any lessons. What do they say about the definition of insanity? 
And finally, it's true that the trial will begin one day before Super Tuesday, which is the day when the most presidential primaries happen at once. Is it unfortunate for Trump that his prosecution for his efforts to seal the 2020 election will be the biggest news story in America 24 hours in advance of the most voters heading to the polls? Yes. But again, that might have been something he should have thought about before he committed those crimes. Prosecutors are not going to defer to Trump's election schedule. I don't know how many different ways I can say this. If you want an open campaign schedule, do not commit crimes, and you won't have to worry about the schedule being filled up with court proceedings. And when I say filled up, I mean it, because Trump is about to have a very, very busy first half of 2024. Remember, the Manhattan DA case regarding Trump's hush money payoffs with Stormy Daniels has been scheduled for March 25th, 2024. Even if these two trials would overlap, we'll certainly see some movement in one of these trials, so it won't be an issue, but we don't know yet what that movement will look like. And then the classified documents case in Florida is set for May 20th, 2024. And of course, we don't have a trial date for Trump in the Fulton County case yet, but at least one defendant in that case, Kenneth Cheesebro, will be going to trial March on October 23rd, 2023, which means the Georgia trials are beginning in earnest in only eight weeks, which may very well mean that Trump could also stand trial soon, since his co-defendants are proving out the theory that it's absolutely possible to get these trials going sooner than Trump would have liked. And this October will also be the civil fraud lawsuit brought by the New York AG's office. And then in January 2024, uh-huh. he'll have a second defamation lawsuit brought by E.G. and Carroll, as well as a class action lawsuit accusing Trump and his company of promoting a pyramid scheme. And as long as he remembers to bring his little punch card, I'm pretty sure that's a no-fair-free sandwich. So obviously things can change quickly, but as far as the D.C. trial being scheduled for March of 2024 is concerned, it doesn't get much worse for Trump if his goal is to deliver the after the election. Jack Smith. Because now not only will he not be able to... Jack Smith. Sandwich. Take advantage of that delay so we can rely on using the presidency to evade accountability for himself. But now it's the opposite. The fact that he's almost certain to be a convicted felon before the election will absolutely influence how voters perceive him and make it even harder for him to win the election. So yeah, almost like committing all these crimes was never a great long-term play if your goal was to stay in power. Before you go, I need some help. Please subscribe to the channel and do your part to help grow the progressive media ecosystem. I don't do... Sponsorships or paid ads, I won't ask for money, but just subscribing to this channel goes a really long way and it helps get the message out to more people. 
The subscribe button is right here on the screen. You can also subscribe to my Spanish language channel, which I made to reach those crucial Spanish-speaking voters. That link is on the screen, too. And finally, if you want to listen to my audio podcast, you can follow that link as well. Thanks so much for watching. Introducing the Filter Sword Whole House Look. So this is uh, my comments. Yeah, hey, Trader Trump, if you're reading this, whining about all of your criminal indictments, stop criming so hard. Bitch. Stupid bitch. <laughs> Trump qualifies for a free sandwich, all right, for Jack Smith. By the way, the Super Tuesday court date, it's unappealable. Ha ha. Everybody be reassured he will not get on the ballot. Christopher Perez, Trump for prison. And Tyler Cohen. Traitor Trump should stop priming so hard. Trial by jury, bitch. <laughs> Justice is so sweet. Pepper Donald.
real Donald Trump. Tag him. I heard he, he just posted his first tweet. I'm just gonna keep calling him tweets. Fuck this ex shit. Real Donald Trump sphincter. Hmm. <laughs> Hey, Diaper Donald, it ain't a trial, it ain't a witch hunt, it's a trial by jury, bitch. Ha ha. Suck it, traitor. Suck it, traitor. Awesome. Okay. Messy Jamie Raskin on Trump's disqualification. Rep Raskin. One of that handful of Democrats who are worth their weight in gold. Rest are kind of useless. But. Folks. Folks. I don't want to win re-election. I need to buy my son at the very start. That's kind of creepy to me. And Lighting sucks. If you make a donation, the stand is totally Ready to start eating healthier? Let's see, let's pumped up on meds. Kachava is the world's healthiest. 2024 presidential candidate Asa Hutchinson, who will join me in a bit, he says that Donald Trump might be disqualified from holding office based on the 14th Amendment, which says that U.S. officials who engage in insurrection or rebellion or aid and comfort them cannot hold office again. You were not only an impeachment manager in, uh, in the January 6th impeachment of Donald Trump, you were a constitutional scholar. So do you agree with Asa Hutchinson on this? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Nah. Yeah, get rid of them. Flush them like Turks. Yeah, get rid of them. Flush them like Turks. 
again in federal or state office, and this was added after the So why are they still in Congress? Constitutional principle, um, and we have to abide by it. Uh, Donald Trump was, was impeached by the House of Representatives for inciting an insurrection against the union. Let's impeach him again. Seven of 100 <laughs> senators determined as uh, a constitutional fact that Donald Trump had incited an insurrection. Why haven't you... Inquiring minds... Exclamation point, thank you for your service. Inhale, Representative Raskin. If all these congressional insurrectionists are disqualified, So it says, let's impeach him again after he's left office and strip him of his presidential perks, Secret Service detail. And Representative Raskin, if all these congressional insurrectionists are disqualified with the 14th Amendment, Section 3, as well, why are they still in Congress? Why hasn't Judiciary Committee looked at this? Why haven't the Democrats unified to call for their mass expulsion? Inquiring minds want to know. Thank you for your service, sir. Correction. Um, so I think you've got robust bicameral, bipartisan majorities that have already established this as a fact. And I agree with the conservative Federalist Society law professors who are out there saying, as well as Mr. Hutchinson, that Donald Trump is disqualified just as if he were running uh, and not a born U.S. citizen or if he were running and he were 24 years old. Add Jamie Raskin to the chorus of legal scholars approving of the theory that Donald Trump is now disqualified. Rep Raskin. <clears throat> tweet this. Questions for you.
theory that Donald Trump is now disqualified from even appearing on the ballot in 2024 because of his role in citing the insurrection on January 6th, given the fact that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment states, in brief, that no person who previously swore to support the Constitution but then engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof can be allowed to hold any federal or state office. And not for nothing, but if your goal is to get one over on Jamie Raskin when it comes to the Constitution, you're going to need more achievable goals. Raskin's comments come in the immediate aftermath of a raft of judicial experts and constitutional scholars subscribing to the disqualification theory as well. For example, here's Glenn Kirshner giving his take on the matter. From a prosecutorial perspective, do you agree that there are already grounds to disqualify Trump from holding office? We're not bury the lead. The answer is yes. And frankly, I got justice goosebumps watching huh. Judge Ludwig, who is kind of a lion of a constitutional scholar on the conservative side on the right, and Professor Lawrence Pride, who is a lion and a constitutional scholar on the left. When I watched those two men come together, both on TV and in a written op-ed, and say that we have both studied this issue, as have other constitutional scholars, and we have concluded that the 14th Amendment, Section 3, is self-authenticating, and Donald Trump is disqualified from being placed on the ballot by secretaries of state. That, I think, is a power, powerful constitutional opinion. And the way I'm looking at this now, Brian, is this is the kind of disqualification that, frankly, is no different than being 34 years old or not being a natural-born citizen. These are constitutional disqualifications. And what is the consequence of having have other constitutional scholars and we have concluded that the 14th Amendment, Section 3, is self-authenticating, and Donald Trump is disqualified from being placed on the ballot by secretaries of state. That, I think, is a power, powerful constitutional opinion. And the way I'm looking at this now, Brian, is this is the kind of disqualification that, frankly, is no different than being 34 years old or not being a natural-born citizen. These are constitutional disqualifications, and what is the consequence of having a constitutional disqualification? A state, a secretary of state may not constitutionally put your name on a ballot as a candidate for the presidency, so hold on tight, because this issue is just getting warmed up. Yeah. And here's Asa Hutchinson conceding the same. But what I want to point out is I'm not even sure he's qualified uh, to be uh, the next president of the United States. Uh, and so you can't be asking us to support somebody that's not uh, perhaps even qualified under our Constitution. I'm referring to the 14th Amendment. A number of legal scholars said that he is disqualified because of his actions on January 6th. So what would you have officials in your state, any other state, do based on the 14th Amendment? Would you have them just leave off the ballot, off the primary ballot, off the general election ballot? No, there should be a uh, court declaration, uh, and so there would have to be a separate lawsuit uh, that would be filed in which there would be a finding that uh, the former president engaged in insurrection, and that would disqualify him. That's one avenue. The other way would be that if a specific state made that determination on their own, then that would put the burden on someone else challenging that. Either way, it winds up in court for specific findings. But I expect those lawsuits to be filed. I expect some states to uh, take that, that.
that action, but I think it's a serious jeopardy uh, for Donald Trump uh, under our Constitution not being qualified. And of course, Hutchinson's comments are especially significant because he, or Chris Christie, another Republican primary candidate willing to concede the truth about Trump's eligibility, has grounds to sue to keep Trump off the ballot. According to Stephen Calabrese, co-founder of the not even close to liberal Federalist Society, he's come forward and said, Chris Christie is legally injured by Donald Trump's name being on the ballot. They draw from some similar voters. Christie should sue if necessary to get Trump's name off the ballot. And a Christie or Hutchinson lawsuit aren't the only avenues here. This can and likely should happen at the state level. For example, secretaries of state, likely in a blue state, will determine that based on the standards set forth in the Constitution, including the 14th Amendment, Trump isn't eligible to run. They'll make the decision not to include his name on the ballot, which will invariably be challenged in court. At the same time, the Secretary of State in a red state will likely make the determination that they don't care what the Constitution says, that they want Trump's name on the ballot regardless of the fact that he's no longer eligible based on the 14th Amendment. And so they'll include his name on the ballot, and that too will be challenged in court. And those lawsuits will hop from state court to federal court, given the fact that electing the President of the United States is a federal issue, and it's all but certain that it will make it all the way up to the Supreme Court, which will have the final say. Whether that's good or bad remains to be seen. Because on one hand, we're talking about a highly politicized institution composed of two-thirds Republicans, including the bench that was literally appointed by the guy they'd be ruling against. But on the other hand, if the Supreme Court finds that the constitutional requirements don't apply to Donald Trump, then they're effectively placing him above the Constitution. And if he wins the presidency, then our system of checks and balances would be effectively destroyed. A president no longer accountable to the Constitution has no need for a Supreme Court. In other words, while this Supreme Court might be right-wing, the issue of allowing Trump to become a dictator is existential to them, to their own judicial body. Hmm. Meaning, while they might be content to ally with him on political issues, they might not be so quick to undermine their own existence and power. And look, I get that Republicans will see this and immediately cry foul, suggesting, as they always do, that Democrats are doing anything they can to prevent Trump from running. But remember, no one forced Donald Trump to incite an insurrection. In fact, the people trying to prevent him from doing this the most were the Democrats. Had he deigned to listen to the very people who he's busy vilifying right now, he wouldn't even be in this position. But he summoned them to the ellipse. He chose to incite that mob to violence. He told them to march to the Capitol. He told them to pressure Mike Pence into doing something he had no power to do. If the Trump team wants to cast blame, they'd be well served to look at the person that they work for. So at this point, we can either decide to defer to the U.S. Constitution, which lays out very clearly that based on the qualifications set forth, Donald Trump is not eligible to run in 2024, or we can listen to the very person who violated that constitution. This issue is certain to play itself out in the coming months, but the law is clear. Donald Trump is no longer qualified to run for president in the United States. Before you go, there. I need some help. There, Just there, 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 there. Part to help grow the progressive media <laughs> ecosystem. I don't do sponsorships or paid ads. I should look at how um, Jim Saki passes. After the Civil War, as a this general constitutional principle, um, and we have to News abide presenters. by it. Uh, Donald Trump was, was impeached by the House of Representatives for it. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Donald T. Rump. Sucks ass. Jimmy Raskin debunks Trump's entire trial defense. Yeah, yeah. You watch yourself in the mirror and it's amazing. I'm so excited that there's a product that I can apply. I've got Congressman Jamie Raskin. Thanks so much for coming back on. Hey, it's my pleasure to be with you, Brian. You were the lead impeachment manager in Trump's impeachment for inciting his supporters to wage an insurrection in the Capitol on January 6th. With this week's indictment and arrest for his efforts to overturn the 2020 election, 
Does this feel like it's come full circle for you? Like, what's your general response to the latest news? It feels like a great vindication of the rule of law in American democracy to me. Um, it was great to see it spelled out in black and white in print in the indictment that, um, you know, all of the factual allegations supporting the idea that Trump... Trump indictment are regarded... Representative Jamie Raskin. Trump. Trump criminal indictment. A great vindication of the rule of law. Um, you know, all of the factual allegations supporting the idea that Trump uh, conspired to interfere with federal proceedings, specifically the um, counting of electoral college votes in joint session on January 6th, that he, um, that he conspired also to um, essentially counterfeit the electoral process and the civil rights of the people, specifically the voting rights. And, you know, it was Abraham Lincoln who said that insurrection is an assault on the leaders of democracy. Now, you also sat on the January 6th committee. Can you discuss the extent to which your work on that committee kind of informed the indictment that we saw? Well, I'm starting to think of it this way, that uh, the January 6th Select Committee gave America the facts, and uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith has delivered the law with respect to uh, crimes that were committed. Um, we did make a referral. In fact, I chaired that subcommittee we had to prepare to make a referral of criminal charges. Um, I think three of the four charges that we recommended were um, embodied in the indictment. One was not, which was uh, aiding and abetting and giving aid and comfort to insurrection. Uh, we think there was overwhelming evidence for that when uh, Trump continued to tweet out his support when he uh, tweeted in the middle of the riot that uh, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what needed to be done, when he praised everybody at the end, saying they were um, American patriots, great patriots and heroes and so on, and said, never forget this day. So, we think that there was lots of evidence for that. We understand that 
um, the statute, um, given the fact that Donald Trump is in a class by himself, had never really been used in this way before. Um, and I think they were nervous about that. And I think they were also um, thinking properly that that would open the door for Trump to claim that somehow his free speech was being violated, which is ridiculous. They're trying that anyway. But um, that's silly. Everybody understands he's being charged for his criminal offenses, conspiring to obstruct um, a federal proceeding, um, conspiring uh, to defraud the American people of a real election, conspiring to violate everybody's voting rights. Um, and obviously, you know, that kind of criminal conduct conspiracy is brigaded with speech. The court has always recognized that. I mean, when you conspire to rob a bank, you talk about robbing the bank, but that doesn't make an act of free speech. Um, and it's the same thing about storming the Capitol or substituting the real electoral process with a counterfeit one. Why do you think that they're relying on this you know, tenuous defense that this is all an attack on, on Trump's free speech rights, given how easily debunkable they are in, in the public sphere? I mean, Jack Smith included on page two of a 45-page indictment that Trump had every right, not, on, not only to say whatever he wanted, but even to lie about the election. Well, obviously, Smith predicted that that would be his, Trump's maneuver. I mean, he's got one move, and so, of course, he's going to mm -hmm. be dancing it, you know. But it's not very compelling. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the, the criminal law distinguishes between speech and conduct, and um, he's not being prosecuted for any of the speech. He's being prosecuted for the criminal conduct he engaged in. And there might, may have been speech that enabled it at certain points. But again, you know, there's a, a lot of crimes necessarily involve speech, like insider trading uh, almost always involves uh, speech like antitrust violations when companies get together to fix prices that's all based on speech but it's the conduct that's being punished so you know they might try and confuse people about that but they're not going to confuse uh, any judge or any court about that I mean we've been around the track in proving that point and they're basically saying there's a first amendment defense to conspiracy which is absurd on the topic of conspiracy six unnamed co-conspirators were included in the indictment we already know who most of them are and why they're listed in that indictment. You know, for Trump to be involved in a conspiracy, you have to list those who he conspired with. But they've not been indicted thus far. So do you imagine that we'll see an indictment against them um, in this case or in a separate Three case weeks or ago. at all? Well, I mean, were I have no special of them were indicted. about, you know, any plans that may exist or don't, or that don't exist with respect to the future. This is posted... Three weeks ago, so 19 co-defendants were named Trump and Giuliani and John Eastman, Jenna Ellis, uh, Kuti, Trebian, um, The chick who was the head of the Republican Party in Georgia. Executions. Um, you know, it occurred to me reading it that, um, you know, it at least becomes, um, a, a, you know, a mitigating factor at someone's sentencing if they voluntarily cooperate in other prosecutions. And so, um, 
Donald Trump was obviously the ringleader and the central actor here. I mean, the various right-wing groups had obtained permits to protest on January the 20th. They were planning to assemble against Joe Biden's inauguration, and Trump convinced them to move their protests from the 20th of January to the 6th of January, and he was the one who tried to convince everybody this wasn't over, that, you know, things could still be moved if Mike Pence just had the courage to do what needed to be done. And so he was the one who turned the peaceful transfer of power for the first time in American history, including the Civil War, into a moment of cataclysmic violent conflict. That was all his doing. So, um, you know, I think it would make sense to say that, Little Hitler. Uh, you know, he went out and found this clown show of uh, lawyers to tell him what he wanted to hear. And if one or two of them wanted to tell the truth, uh, that would make sense. And that's something that should be considered, um, you know, when they face uh, their own prosecution. Yeah. So, you know, this, this case really was built for speed in the sense that Donald Trump is the only, uh, you know, named indicted person in this uh, in this indictment. With that said, do you agree with Jack Smith's decision to basically not indict these other co-conspirators in service of a, a, a faster prosecution for Donald Trump? I mean, if they had included six other people in this prosecution, God knows that this thing would have languished for a lot longer than it's probably going to take now, just focusing narrowly on one defendant. Yeah, I mean, delay and postpone is the name of the game for Donald Trump, and uh, so I would not second-guess in any way the prosecutorial decision to set it up as they have and to move as quickly as they can. There's clearly enough time to prosecute a single individual for these offenses, um, over the next year. We've got the Mike Pence's out there who are able to acknowledge what Trump did and, and how it was wrong and how it was illegal and un unconstitutional and yet still managed to defend him or, or cast the DOJ's case against him as being unfair. What does that say to you about the state of the Republican field? Over the past six months, we have been investigating oh my and God. the truth behind all of these times is back. that have been catching on fire and burning to the ground. Dutch farmers in the Netherlands protesting against their government, how the people in Sri Lanka nearly starved to death because of a ban on synthetic fertilizers, the push towards having people eat food made out of bugs, and of course, how the price of food on our supermarket store shelves have been going up by double digits. And you know what? With all these problems, and with even our own politicians here in America using words like food shortages to describe what's potentially on the horizon, this guy's Russian. to assume that trouble is looming in the near future. And so, the time to prepare is now. Click on that button below this video and claim your free 70-page food crisis special edition magazine that's filled with content that you absolutely need to get a handle on what's absolutely happening and well prepare for the future. This magazine quite literally covers almost everything, such as how Agenda 2030 the is likely behind a lot of the global regulatory attacks on farmers, how the Chinese Communist Party is involved in all this, as well as concrete tips and tricks on how to prep for any possible disasters what food items you absolutely must be saving, how to properly store them, how to start a garden at home, and so on. There's a ton of great information in here. And so click on that button below this video and get this 70-page special edition for free when you try the Epic Times. Because while this special edition can help you connect the dots behind what's happening thus far, the Epic Times can be your window into what's happening in This is run by the Chinese, Falun Gong. Falun Gong. The radical, the Trump supporters.
about the state of the Republican field. Well, I, I mean, it's an incoherent posture that Mike Pence has put himself into, and an embarrassing and humiliating one. Um, you know, I mean, he acts as if, I mean, he, he obviously made the right he decision on January 6th. But he acts as if this is some kind of to be uh, superficial intellectual disagreement between him and Donald Trump because he doesn't want to offend Trump supporters anymore. These are the people who are yelling.